Hello and welcome everyone to the AFL Fantasy Fanatics Round Review. We are recording live on Twitter and YouTube on Sunday, the 9th of July, after the completion of Round 17 of the AFL Fantasy season. I am your host and AFL Fantasy Fanatic, Tim Guest, and you can find me on Twitter at TimGuestAU. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, currently in Perth and legend of a bloke. You can find him on Twitter at BalesDT. Bales, mate, how are you? Mate, it was a pretty even round for most coaches last week, but things seem to get shaken up a bit this round. So how did you fare, mate? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, trades worked out well, had a good week, and, yeah, best week for the season. So it's now, I think, uh, two weeks in a row. Two of the last three weeks have been pretty good for me. So a uh, 24.67, so very, very happy with that high score for the season. Uh, put me at a round rank of 16.49, so... Finally happy to get a top 2,000 uh, rank um, for the week. Um, and that puts me up at currently, if there's, I don't know if there's going to be any updates, but at 5472. So that puts me up a, about 1,137-ish spots from last week, which is great. So close to that top 5K, which was the goal uh, pre-week and probably a little bit sort of hopeful, but got pretty close to that, which was which was nice. Um, in terms of like your plus threes and negative threes, um, I will leave the plus four this guy because I think DC could go this guy. So I will I would give it to him. But um, I'll go Cogs. Um, I brought Cogs in this week. Uh, if I could have afforded McRae or Petrarca, I would have gone one of those two. So really it was a blessing that I couldn't afford those and got Cogs with a season high 136. That was very, very nice to get. Um, and then negative three, probably got a... Probably got to go to Tom Green. 69 points. Uh, we've been sort of talking for the last few weeks that he hasn't gone over. Um, he only had that one score, 115, and that's the only score um, since the 170 that he got in round eight. So it's been some low hundreds, a few sub hundreds, and they haven't been like 90s. They've been uh, 80s or below, which is a bit disappointing. Could be a bit of a topic that we'll talk about later on with Tom Green, but uh, he gets my negative three. So that was uh, how we went, Tim. And I've got to win the Content Grows Cup, which is great. Come on. Well, they were up against Zay. It's all right, mate. I'll so t- how much did you win by? Um, I think I got the job done by, let's have a look. Sorry, Zay, I got it done by nearly 500 points. So, um, yeah, and a much-needed yeah. win, even though I can't make finals or anything, which is unfortunate. But there you go. Good job, mate. Well, good week. Good luck. Uh, good day. Congrats on Thanks, the win, mate. mate. And uh, let's... Let's introduce our guest, hey? So, uh, firstly, uh, he's been on a couple of times now. You all know him also from uh, Hat Chat AFL. Uh, DC, hat winner, mate, welcome. How'd your team go this week? Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, yeah, team went pretty well. So, I think possibly my best round for the year. So, it was a good week to get me on. Um, ended up with a 2 five, three, seven, which jumped me so, up to 5,345, so I think I might have just moved ahead of Bales. And also ahead of Jake now as well, so I'm no longer the worst coach on Hat Chat, so that's exciting. Um, and then round rank of 152. So, yeah, yeah it was a, a fun week. Monster week, mate, monster week. Plus three, negative three, mate? Yeah, I could, could throw the plus three to a few players. Um, I'll give it to Jack Steele. I'm assuming that's who Bales was uh, referring to. It was a really nice bounce back game from him, but all of the Saints boys I had in that game went really well. Wanganee Miller with a 130 was a really nice pod in the back line as well. And then negative three, yeah, Tom Green was disappointing, but I actually had Matt Johnson on field as well, so it could have had an even better round if I'd managed to avoid that. But um, 
41 from him and getting subbed out was not ideal in the last game. Yeah, great. Yeah, no, no, no that would have hurt. That would have hurt. Um, yeah. Who, uh, who came on as the sub? Uh, debutant um, Carl Warner. Uh, that's right, Warner. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, turning our attention to our next guest, I was just saying to Bales before, I think this is actually the first time there's ever been a female AFL fantasy coach as a guest on a pod. Uh, on a, That's the AFLM pod, of course. But uh, also the other reason why uh, it's worthwhile getting uh, Cara on as well is she, not only is she currently 11th, but she's also the... Uh, kind of founder of the Varsity Nights that everyone kind of knows so much about because we talk about on Fridays. So, uh, mate, well, good on you for starting the nights and and uh, also uh, just good on you for being 11th. Honestly, it's ridiculous. I've been holding this 11th for three weeks straight. <laughs> and you just can't move. I can't move. I think I'm doing all right and then I get over, so she'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about how you went for the week. So my round 17 score was 24.75, which I thought was pretty tidy. I don't know what my round rank is because I've got no idea how to look at that. Um, and then in regards to my plus three, I'm actually giving it to Noah Anderson because I've held him for quite some time and he just keeps doing it at a time when I need to actually get rid of other people. And then minus three, Dartol Cameron. I can't stand him. I brought him in on that last buy round, so I binned McRae to get him in for the points that round. I had, I think, one good week, and he's just burned me ever since, so he's got to go in the bin. And he was on, well, he was on track for 100. What was he, about 50-odd or something like that at halftime? Yeah, and 57. Yeah. Knock or something, put the knock in the third Honestly. quarter and just couldn't score from there on. Yeah, I thought he was going to have it, and then that, done. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, good on you for still uh, hanging in there and staying 11th. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch how you go from here on in. Um, but, yeah, I'll quickly uh, run through my team before we get stuck into the uh, the games, etc. cetera. Uh, so I scored a 25-11. So uh, another pretty big score, but, you know, just a little bit behind DC there. Um, that's moved me up from what was, I think, 969 to 729. So moved me up about 150 spots kind of thing. Um, so pretty happy with that as a week. Had a win in the Content Creators Cup, which was good. Um, I'm going to give my plus three to Gavin Wanganine Malira. Um, obviously, I screwed that name up a couple of weeks ago, but it's worked boy. out pretty My boys worked out pretty well. Um, especially junking up late in the, the end of the game there for a one thirty, So um, that really made a difference for me and my side. Um, and then I'll give my negative three. I mean, I would have quite easily given it to Tom Green or uh, Darcy Cameron as, uh, as the other coaches have already given it to. But uh, that saved, I guess, Harry Himmelberg for me with a 75. I didn't see this game. I heard he got a couple of clangers and had worse some free kicks or something along those lines. So I guess it could have been a much higher score than that. But... Um, um, but look, he's still making cash. But yeah, seventy-five hertz on the field. So um, so yeah, he'll he'll need to go soon. I thought it was going to be bloody Windhager for you, the negative three. But he ended up saving his score, which uh, we'll talk about him later. But uh, he did quite well for you, Tim. And that look just on that as well. I mean, that's. I mean, I don't know. Maybe coaches have been doing this heaps before me. But um, this week, I managed to loop, uh, essentially on field through one, two, three. Uh, four different players. So I started with a Sheldrick. He didn't fire. Then I went to a Dev Robinson. He didn't land. And then a Campbell Chess. I wasn't happy with the 66. And then I let uh, 
and finish with the Marcus Wienhager on field for 74. So I'll take it in terms of the modern fantasy looping game. But, geez, yeah, I mean, who would have thought that we would have been doing that in this game? But anyway. Uh, all right. Well, before we get stuck into the games, we're just going to turn quickly our attention to the AFL Fantasy Content Creators Cup, proudly brought to you by Infinite Wealth, helping you reach financial goals faster, where winning coaches will get $5,000 for their favorite charity. A reminder, there's something special for every coach available too. So head across to infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL Fantasy to claim your free five-module online learning program at the Fast Track to Freedom. And I will be doing a webinar in the next couple of weeks. So if you want to Find out how to pay your mortgage off up to three times faster or how to save thousands in tax every year or how to build your wealth and replace your income. Get along to the, uh, the website and register and I'll let you know about those details in the next couple of weeks. So infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL fantasy. So, yeah, really good week to have DC on because he was the highest scoring coach for the round uh, with a 25-37. So great job to him. Um, but then I'm going to read out the top eight. But there was a couple of couple of big movers. In fact, one of the big movers this week was uh, Destroy had a pretty big round, but uh, Louis has really snuck into the top eight uh, in terms of overall ranking. But to start us off, Destroy uh, is eighth uh, at three thousand one hundred sixty four. So yeah, all our top eight now, well, just outside the top three thousand. Um, Nathan, the, the Obermullet's 3,033. There you go, DC. He'll be uh, crying about that. Um, Miller time is 2666. Um, then Junk time, so a couple of boys in the break even pod there at 2468. Um, then we've got uh, uh, me at, hang on, have I screwed this up? No, no, I don't think I have. No, then I've got me at 729. Uh, and then we've got Sanch at 6.45, so not too far ahead of me. And then Mitch still out in front at 3.50. Oh, I think he did slide just a little bit backwards, took a couple of, uh, couple of uh, you know, kind of, um, uh, you know, pod shots, I guess, this week in terms of captain choices and things like that and didn't quite work out for him, but, uh, but still sitting up there at uh, 3.50, so doing well there. Um, all right, well, let's turn our attention now to the games. So kicking us off on, uh, it was Thursday night, Jay seems so long ago now, uh, Richmond defeating Sydney by 13 points at the MCG. Um, debutant Bauer uh, did his hamstring in the first couple of minutes there and was subbed off uh, for Jack Ross. And then Lloyd was concussed in the second quarter. Um, and, of course, just a reminder that uh, Nank has been sent straight to the tribunal for that one. So he'll, you know, no doubt be out for three weeks or so. Uh, but over to you, Bals. Errol Goulden, 126. Uh, if you had the VC on him on, on the Thursday, I know he'd be very, very happy starting the round off with that, um, especially when it looked early like it was going to be a bit of a lower-scoring week. But we had plenty of big scores coming in the later games. Uh, Nank won 13, but as you mentioned, Tim, uh, MRO, so he'll be uh, going to the tribunal there, so he'll be seeing a three-plus-week suspension. So if you've got him as a pod, you've obviously got to move him on, but he has been very, very good, and if you don't have Marshall English there, one of the two that you're probably going to go to. Um, Taranto, 97, so back-to-back uh, scores under 100, so uh, not a concern for any of us. Uh, we're fine with him moving forward. Um, but Callum Mills, the first one I want to speak about, so... DC, 92. Um, he bumped his game time up again, uh, up to 86%, I believe it was, uh, and looked pretty good, except he went back uh, in the third quarter, I believe it was, when uh, Jake Lloyd was sort of off injured. Um, is he still a good option that coaches can consider um, moving forward as a sort of get the last rookie off the field? Yeah, I think exactly for that scenario, if you've got Johnson or Sheldrick or someone at your MH, then it's a pretty easy move now to get them up to Mills. And 
I think you're, you're just going to get more consistency from him. He's, I know he's had a three this year, but he's pretty unlikely to, to drop you a real stinker of a score like we saw from guys like Sheldrick and Johnson this week. So I wouldn't um, get too carried away with expectations. I don't think he's going to go back to being that 110 player he's been for the last few years for the rest of the year. But I think a 95 average probably from here out is fair. So, DC, I'm actually pretty curious about this, right, because uh, for many players he could be, like, looking at that M8. Um, I mean, are we concerned that, you know, he doesn't have the ceiling to kind of take up one of those midfield spots? Yeah, to a point. It's just he's so cheap. So I think if you you are looking to to get that last rookie off field, it's quite easy to do that. Um, and we and we know he has got a ceiling at his best. He was, yeah, the most scores over one thirty or something last year out of anyone. So if he if he has one of those games and and you've brought him in for six hundred and fifty k or whatever he is, then you're probably going to have a pretty good week and, and certainly get a jump on everyone else that that doesn't have him have him. So I'd be uh, keeping my fingers crossed that he can drop a big one or. A couple on the way home. Yeah, okay, good point. Yeah, Sheldrick, 46. Um, obviously, Tim, you were saying that you were um, looping him on. Uh, any uh, sort of little concerns with him? Obviously, he's a rookie at the end of the day, so you're looking at uh, maybe can coaches look at moving him on potentially this week? Oh, I, I think 100% coaches will be looking at moving him on this week. I mean, you know, this is exactly why uh, we say get your rookies off the field. Um, you know, there would have been a lot of coaches, I think, that still would have just been ha- having to play him on field and then coaches that would have also been having to loop him. Um, and, you know, I mean, not only just the natural concerns of having a rookie and things like this happening, but, you know, he also did his ankle there and, and I think, was it just before halftime or just after halftime or something along those lines and uh, didn't seem to be moving too well after that. So... Um, who knows whether he's going to be rested or, you know, whether that's going to hamper him moving forward. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of coaches will be looking to, um, you know, upgrade to as a Mills is a good example. Uh, a Jack Steele we've already talked about in the plus threes. Um, you know, I'm sure there's other options out there as well. Is because he's on, if he's on your bench, for example, for some coaches, because he's got that Thursday night game again uh, next week, is it if you can do a downgrade and an upgrade and get, who you want is almost a could be good to Nakeem for one more week on your bench to be able to loop him again on Thursday, just in case he popped another big score. Yeah. So this is, so this is, I mean, one of the things I loved about last week is, um, well, I didn't really love it, but I guess one of the things that makes it interesting when something like Dunkley goes out is, you know, there's so many different options that coaches can take. And I think, you know, this will be an example this week as well. So there'll be coaches who will try and hold, um, a Sheldrick and maybe try and get one of their other rookies up to one of these kind of cheaper primos like a Mills, um, you know, and hope that he has a big score. But, you know, one of the things I think there's also a really good argument for is not looping him and trying to, because he's worth so much now. I mean, I think he's going to be worth $515,000 even after that score. Um, and, you know, the ability to probably, you know, you know, put cash. I mean, I know I, I stuck a lot of ba- uh, cash in the bank so that I could go to Sicily next week. So, but and I'm I'm going to need to use him to do that. So, some coaches will yeah. go, you know, mid range, and some coaches will go to the top, and and we'll see how that works out for everyone. Sweet. And then the other two here was uh, obviously Banks got a 39. So, uh, look, Doug Chaos is not a huge score, but he'll be a pretty popular downgrade, uh, taking some kick ins there for Richmond. Lloyd injured, so none of that. Her uh, Maddie Mottram there at the top as well would. And he's 38, but he still scored pretty well, Manny Mottram. So um, can see with that third and a few other coaches had him. I know Jake uh, as well was 
Uh, yeah, unfortunately, jumped on him as well. Um, so, and then Jacob Bauer as well. Feel sorry for him. Only a couple of minutes into his debut and did a, a hamstring, so he could be out, and he only got the six. So, Tim, we'll move on to the Friday night game, which was at uh, Varsity, which I got to enjoy watching with you guys. Yeah, yeah, pretty good game of footy as well. So, Western yeah. Bulldogs were defeated, uh, or defeated Collingwood by twelve points at Marble. Uh, subs there, so uh, James O'Donnell. I don't know if anyone still got him on the bench. That was subbed out in the fourth quarter. Uh, a couple of injuries. I don't know if Gardner makes any difference to kind of some of those players down back, or Hoskinellian makes any difference. Um, both of those players were injured, so just be mindful of that. Yeah. So, uh, Caleb Daniel uh, Carr, so he won uh, 16, responded after that 74 that he got last week. Um, is, is he a pod that you may look at in the back half of the year? I know that the dogs have got a pretty nice run sort of uh, on the run home. Is he someone you may look at? He was on my radar a few weeks ago, actually, coming off the buys. And for some reason, I can't remember, but I didn't go to him. And he burned, he, I think he had a few shit scores. But then, yeah, this last one is interesting, especially after Bevo said, He's going to run through the midfield a bit more. Um, it is tempting because I'm probably not going to be able to go to Sick Dog next week, and so I wonder what I'll be doing the week after. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's good pot, and especially with that nice run, definitely one that coach you're going to look at. Um, Bont got one fourteen, so he uh, performed very strongly as well. Just continues to get those one ten plus scores for us week in week out. Nick Dacos, Tim, who you had v- as VC, looked really good, but didn't quite get enough, and you end up taking uh, him on as VC. Yeah. Oh. I, th- I think a lot of coaches did the same thing this week as well. Um, probably weren't happy with, you know, the kind of those, you know, one-team kind of scores from Bont and Dacos. I mean, th- my kind of reasoning was that Dawson's been, well, averages more than that. So um, <clears throat> I thought I'd take that on. But, yeah, worked out well. But, um, but yeah, it wasn't the highest scoring round. So, um, you know, I think there would have been a lot, a lot of coaches that did well just by taking those scores. Yeah. Well, DC, where do you, where do you sit on um... – the Dacos and Bont, 112-114. Would you have uh, – I don't know exactly – I think I don't know if you're uh, VC Taranto or not, but if you had a 110 or more, would you be taking a score like that or are we at the point in the year where a lot of coaches with their full primo sides, you're looking at getting 120s uh, or more from your VC? Yeah, I think maybe we're at the time of the year where it's time to take that on, but it is quite dependent, I think, on where you're sitting. So in my situation where I'm – Nowhere, you may as well have a punt. I think probably now, if you may be in in Cara situation and right up there challenging, then it's a bit of a different conversation. I think um, because if you if you roll into a C and they get injured early or something like that, then it uh, it looks terrible. If you've had a one fifteen or something sitting there with a VC on it, so it's a it's a tough one. And it's I think it's this time of the year where the pressure of the decision starts to become really important because everyone's teams are scoring so highly. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And it's good I can hit DC now, which is great. So we've got that sorted, so we'll push on. Um, then we had uh, Tim English, who was my bloody VC. That was awful watching him, uh, 94, with that poor opening quarter. But it turned out to be fine because my captain went pretty well anyway. So I was pretty happy in the end. Uh, Jack McRae, Cara, so you jumped on uh, him. Uh, actually, no, you jumped off him a couple of weeks ago, I think uh, you said to me on Friday. So... What did you make of his game? He didn't have any CBAs, still put up a solid enough score. Is he someone that you're going to maybe look at bringing it back in or are you happy to be off of him at this stage? No, early on I thought I got burned because he was my trade out in that last buy round to Cameron for the points. And, um, yeah, and then, of course, even without the CBAs, he was scoring all right. So for F6, he looked – F6, sorry, 
he looked mint. But um, nah, I think I've missed him. I'm targeting Cogs, so he's in not in my areas at the moment. Yep. So you don't see him being in your side probably for SE. Maybe look at other guys. Oh, let's be honest. I've got a few that need to go in the bin. It's just uh, there's a bit of a line, and I can only get rid of one at a time. <laughs> yep, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, and no, as you said, Cogs is – we'll talk about Cogs later. And I might actually – yeah. Popular target. Let me jump in here, Buzz, as well. I might actually yeah. ask DC just because I know we were all at Varsity on Friday night and maybe we weren't necessarily watching the game as closely as we normally would because um, I'm really curious about the role that McRae's been playing and I know that a lot of coaches would have been would have brought him in last week. Um, did he maintain that, that kind of um, midfield role or did he, you know, did Bevo, is that why he only scored 93, kind of Bevo, you know, he got Bevoed or what happened there, DC? Did you see it? Uh, I saw a bit of the game but probably not. Enough to have a, a really decent comment. I was watching the cricket, unfortunately, on that one. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's probably pretty similar to what he's been doing most of the year. From the bits and pieces I did see, where he's, he's still pushing up to contest a lot. Um, but yeah, if, if the game doesn't suit, then I, I think he can sort of get missed a bit in the points. So it's it's not someone I'd be it's not someone I'd be chasing if I didn't yeah. have him. Put yeah, it that that's way. what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Did anyone else see or? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, for me, just looking at, he didn't have any CBAs. He was clearly playing that that high half forward role, getting up uh, up the ground. I'm still looking at him in round 19. They've got that really nice run for three weeks, so he's a guy that I may look at. But with Cogs doing so well, um, maybe I don't have to look at him because um, he probably will be there for a series. And a lot of coaches that don't have McRae or Cornelio are probably going to go Cornelio this week uh, after seeing uh, him on the weekend. Uh, a couple of uh, midfield pods in Tom Mitchell, 88, and Trelaw, 75. Didn't quite do it for owners, so I'm sure that uh, there's bigger issues that coaches have got than moving guys like that on. But, hey, if they're in a good position, then you can – if you want to jump off, then you can because they're probably not going to be top eight. Uh, Darcy Cameron, 77. Now, Tim, I'll go to you for this one because I know you were – you were pretty disappointed with Darcy Cameron uh, on Friday because he was sort of in your plans to maybe move on and uh, whatever. But uh, I don't know if you can get off him this week, but yeah. is he a, an option for coaches to be to be trading out now, with, oh, especially with that Freo matchup coming up this week? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think, well, just for me personally, a little bit like what Cara was saying, you know, there's, there's a couple of players that have got to go for me, but there's a line. Um, and uh, he's not quite at the front of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think I'll have to hold him another week. But, yeah, I mean, look, definitely coaches could be looking to move off him, but um, I wouldn't be I, – I don't know that I would be moving off him if you've got – I mean, not if you've got a rookie on field. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm even – you know, I mean, it might be a – you know, if you've got a Himmelberg and a, a Darcy Cameron, you know, it could be a 50-50 toss-up between uh, her to go out of those two. But, um, yeah. but, yeah, these are the kinds of things you've got to think about. Team dependent, and um, admittedly, this kind of year, we, time of year, we start looking at matchups. And I must admit, I haven't paid too much attention to this week's matchup just yet. So, yeah, um, yeah, but well, yeah, yeah, definitely I'm, on the chopping block. Yeah, and I'm looking at getting rid of like a Lockie Ash before Darcy Cameron. But hey, if you don't have uh, some of these guys, you can definitely be traded. And Bailey Smith, well, this is the last one there. Only forty three. Just he's just really fallen off. Not partly his fault. It's partly with Bevo playing in a weird role playing deep forward, especially in that first half. But uh, could be a bargain next year if, uh, if everything goes to plan. But uh, one to cross off the list for this year, Tim. So we'll move on to the Saturday games. Yeah, just one other there as well. I know there was a couple of coaches looking at bringing Trelaw as well. He only scored 75, so they would have been disappointed with that too. But, yes, moving on to Brisbane, defeated uh, West Coast by 81 points at the Gabba. 
Uh, 81 points, we'll probably take that as a win. Um, Kyle Lohman, rookie, uh, was subbed. Uh, uh, he subbed in, replaced Dane Zorka in the fourth quarter. Um, probably all, all to note. I mean, McGovern was subbed off at three-quarter time as well, but I don't know if that's too relevant for players, but uh, for many coaches, sorry, I should say. But, yeah, over to you, Bales. Yep, so, uh, well, the top-scoring player, I know Cara would be very happy, uh, with Lockie Neal, who you took his VC card there with a 127. What do you, what do you make of him for... The rest of the year, do you see him being a top eight or close enough, or do you see just a good match up here and he may he could be a luxury trade down the line? What do you what are your thoughts? Yeah, I reckon a couple of weeks ago I thought he was on my list of the one of the guys that will be my luxury trade up to someone. But after he did that and was my VC, which I took, um, I'm pretty happy and I must admit he's not on my bottom three thoughts of bidding at the minute. Do you think that coaches can still look at targeting him or do you think it's sort of been a bit the fact that he's had good matchups and and you still maybe look at maybe other targets? Yeah, good question. He's priced, um, his break even was still a bit low. He's probably priced at where he's at and I think obviously the benefit with Dunkley out. So you could probably roll with him next week if Dunkley still misses. Um, But yeah, look, to be honest, I think there's a few hovering around that price that you could jump on. Just depends on the matchup. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree as well. Um, uh, Jaden Hunt as well, for anyone out there, got a 126. So uh, draft probably would be, uh, owners would be very happy with that. Hugh McCluggage got a 118. Tim, I know you were looking at him. So uh, he put up a good score, but I think it was probably more down the matchup. And if Dunkley comes back, he's probably not going to, I don't know if he'll keep up the scoring. Um, but DC, I know you were um, looking at, like, uh, McCluggage was a guy you had a bit of an eye on. Um, is, is he still an option or do you think that it was, Partly the matchup, Dunkley out, and you think that maybe your scoring will go back a bit uh, when uh, Dunkley returns? Yeah, I'm sure it'll be affected when Dunks returns. He has quietly been better probably in the last five or six weeks than he was to start the season. And I think similar to a lot of the Brisbane mids, really, like Neil has really hit his straps the last few weeks, and, and Dunks obviously since that big 170 he put up has been pretty damn consistent after a slow start. So... I think, um, yeah, the, the Brisbane mid seem to be finding a bit more of the ball than what they were doing. And maybe it's a slight style of play shift. I don't really know. But um, he's just a bit awkwardly priced now. I think if you didn't do it last week, I wouldn't be chasing the human luggage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I agree. But and I'll ask you about another uh, hat chat favourite. I know Jake's boy, Liam Duggan. So... <laughs> With West Coast sort of chipping it around the bat now, another 116. If you remove that game where he uh, his first game back uh, from injury, uh, and I think he's in the hospital as well uh, uh, with that break, and then he had a migraine uh, against Hawthorne, he's gone over 100 in every other game since. Is, is he a sneaky pod that coaches can be looking at? Yeah, I think he is. Unfortunately, he's pretty damn expensive now, but he would be putting up close to top six defender numbers, I would suggest. He always had a poor game. Uh, the week before last, which was the Saints. But, um, yeah, outside of that, I think he's been very good. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been looking at him for a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I'll still be going Sicily over him, but he's definitely a good pod. So, uh, Jake, if you want to jump back on Duggan, I think he's a good option. Uh, Will Ashcroft, 113. So, Cara, we, he obviously keeps just putting up these good scores, but because that West Coast matchup's out the way, do you think it's still a good option for coaches to jump off of him, um, even though he scored the 113 last week? Yeah, it's interesting. I got rid of him a couple of weeks ago and then got burned because he actually, I think he had one bad one, but then he's kind of nailed it. I'm not sure. Obviously, I know he does all right at the Gabba, um, 
I'm just trying to have a look at their matchup. But to be honest, if he's your last um, rookie and you can loop, you'd probably be happy to still have a look at him, uh, especially if uh, Dunks is out. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, that's actually a good call, actually. I didn't actually think about uh, looping in. But, yeah, it could be a good option for coach to look at. Um, Jared Lyons got a 110C, sort of returned out of nowhere. Uh, so good for draft coaches there. Wilmot 76, um, Chester 66, uh, Hewitt 62, and Devrob 55, all rookies that, again, most people had them on their bench, but uh, they can also be downgraded this week if that gets you the upgrade. So, uh, Tim, we'll move on to the Giants and Hawks game. Yeah, sure. So, GWS defeated Hawkthorne by 13 points at Giants Stadium. Uh, so, Nick Haynes uh, came on as a sub, but then... Uh, uh, has also been um, referred to the uh, – well, no, the MRO has offered him one match for rough conduct on Josh Ward. So I'm not sure how that impacts Himmelberg there. But, yeah, uh, and also Lockie Keith. Uh, he came on the sub for Lockie Keith, who did his hammy. Um, apart from that, also Jarman Impey was subbed off, although I don't know if there was an injury. There's nothing listed, so I don't know why that happened. Yeah, yeah, so shout out to unfortunate Jet there that had uh, bloody Jarman Impey after – being a late out last week. So thanks to Hawthorne for, for that one there. Uh, Seven Cornelio, so I'll talk about him. So he was obviously awesome with his 136 uh, after bring, me bringing him in this week. And yeah, obviously the Hawthorne matchup was great. He had a huge first quarter and started really well. And he's just got the role. So he's, I'm just having a look at his matchups here. So he has got next week, um, he's got the Crows. So uh, I think he can go pretty well there. And He's got the Gold Coast Suns and then the Bulldogs. So I think he's still a good option for coaches to look at that's a little bit cheaper than those guys at the top. So definitely one for, for coaches to consider bringing in their forward line. Kieran Briggs, uh, DC, your boy, 95. Uh, not a bad score for him there. Are you still uh, advising coaches to maybe, if they can get English or a Marshall in, you'd be going up to him? Yeah, well, he's no longer my boy because I traded him to Sean Darcy this week. But... Um... Yeah, it was a nice nice return to form from him. Um, I still think he's probably going to give up 20, 20 or so points each week, though, to those top two guys um, and maybe even Darcy as well. So, yeah, I'd be looking to move him on, I'm assuming most people have him probably as in their sort of bottom three or four players now. Yep. Yeah, agreed there. Will Day, 87, solid uh, enough score. He had a good first half and sort of a bit quiet in the second half, but... Um, again, probably a lower priority, but similar boat to select your Darcy Camerons. And even Himmelberger got a 75 in this game as well. If, if they're your worst issue and you can move them on, then it is not a bad option, especially with a Sicily coming back this week. If you can go a day to Sicily, that is not a bad move. But then again, Day does have some good matchups to come, so uh, you can hold. Um, Himmelberger's mentioned there, 75. Uh, he could potentially go for a lot of coaches, um, even if they brought him in this week, just... Doesn't quite have that ceiling, um, and there's too many mouths to feed back there for, for my liking as well. So uh, coach could look at getting off him. Seamus Mitchell, 56, again, similar to some of these other rookies. If you still had him, you can upgrade him. And then Josh Kelly as well, only 30 points after getting tape off Finn McGuinness and playing pretty much on the wing uh, for the Giants on the weekend. So, uh, yeah, not a great score from him. So, uh, Tim, that's it. not too many players in that game, but I think we'll move on yeah. to this Saturday night Can games. I ask a question on one of those, though? What yep. was the deal with Tom Green? Because I obviously have him and he fucking stunk, but Jelly was the one getting tagged. So what the hell was happening there? I didn't watch the game. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if one of you boys uh, saw more of this. It just He had the CBAs in 19 series. Did you guys see exactly what was going on with him? Was it just a poor game or more to it? Yeah, didn't, pretty much, I think. 
I think Cogs stole most of his points. Mm, yeah, uh, I'm pretty dirty that I didn't get Cogs. Righto, yeah. thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely uh, one that could be an interesting topic. Um, is is he a player you might look at trading out, Car at all? He's on my list, but uh, I'm pretty sure he's behind Dartol just because of. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's more highly owned than Darcy Cameron, so I think I've got to hold him for the minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah although beautiful. I think that we will probably will start to see some movement off Tom Green, though, I think, mm. at the top end. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, agree. yeah, and Will Day is another one that I want to bin, but he's got North Melbourne this week, so I'm hoping for a rebound. Yep, beautiful. Tim, we'll move to the Saturday night games. Yeah, cool. Uh, St Kilda defeated by Melbourne by 21 points at Marvel Stadium. So Seb Ross did his hammy. Max King was subbed out after doing his shoulder and uh, Zane Cordy was concussed. Uh, but over to you. Let's talk about the big Ruckman first. Yeah, well, actually, I'll actually throw this to uh, he's, he's the new St Kilda supporter, um, DC. He's uh, <laughs> yeah. He had all these players. Uh, had, oh, when uh, the Saints... Well, you had all of Ron Marshall, Jack Steele, Wayne e. Miller and Jack Sinclair, DC. So uh, run us through those four players and we'll probably start off with the the, the biggest probably one that of interest, uh, Jack Steele. I, I don't really know what you want me to say, mate. Um, they're all awesome, <laughs> all must-haves. Everyone should own them. Jack Steele's been the best pick of the year. Uh, <laughs> No, no, it was a fun game to watch, um, quite unexpected. Wanganee Miller has been quietly pretty awesome, particularly since probably the first month of the season where he started fairly slow. He's going to be one I think that's going to be a, a great defender option for us for years to come. Just, um, just, just, just with Wanganee Miller, with Sinclair moving more into the midfield, is is he still an option for coaches to, to now jump on with that? the fact that he's got really that, that role all to himself at the moment? Yeah, it's, oh, it's a tough one. I don't know whether I'd be jumping on now because his price is going to bump up a fair bit this week, but um, he's certainly unique. So he, he really helped me this week and helped Tim by the sounds of it as well. Um, he actually pushes further up the ground than what I initially thought as well. He pushes up to the wing a lot and he gets involved in their, their switches of play a lot out there. It just seems to find space really frequently. So I actually also think he's probably the best kick in their team. He's, I think he's an even better kick than Sinclair. So... Um, they obviously want the ball in his hands, and um, he reminds me a fair bit of Lockie Whitfield in some ways. Um, just really smooth mover. Um, doesn't ever seem to be sprinting, but seems to get the ball and get space so often. So, yeah, definitely what you could look at if you want to do something a bit different. Yeah, and then our boy Jack Steele. So he's going to be a big – there's going to be coaches that jump on him, but that's just what, obviously, with fantasy, when a player puts up a huge score and their price so cheaply, like Jack Steele has been, obviously, being out of form and with injuries – is have you seen enough to tick off that move for coaches to jump on, or do you still maybe want to see another week? What, what are your thoughts? No, no, I've seen enough. I, I actually think this has been coming for a few weeks. I wasn't expecting a one forty. I was thinking maybe a one twenty might be around the corner, but I think his last two weeks have actually been pretty good. He kind of had a bit of a nearly week last week against the Eagles. I, I think he got to the ball a lot, um, but just didn't get the ball out, or he had tackles that didn't stick and things like that. That could have quite easily been a, another hundred. So. Uh, and then he had the 100 the week before. So we could have been looking at three tons on the trot from him um, if a few little things had gone his way. So I think now is probably the time to jump on. He certainly looks to be moving a lot freer um, and was spreading for marks a bit more this week as well than what I've seen. Yeah. Cara, is he maybe someone you're looking at as a bit of an underpriced option there? 
Yeah, I like him. And he's got North Melbourne and Hawks coming up. So I think that run in the next couple of weeks looks good to jump on if you need someone that's a bit cheaper. Yeah, yeah, great. He's, he, it's uh, as uh, uh, I was trying to get DC to say uh, redemption, but uh, it was a bit of redemption uh, as an owner that uh, we both picked him up in round eight. So it was uh, very nice to see that score. Um, Ron Marshall with a 148 as well performed very nicely for all those coaches that have got him. We've, uh, he's pretty much owned by everyone, but uh, still it's very good to see his player go and get a 148. Jack Sinclair, 110 as well, performed very nicely. Um, Christian Petrarca, now, Tim, I know you want to speak about this. Uh, Petrarca, so <laughs> going forward, and uh, just weird. I messed up. Out. Is that, is that I messed issues? up. I messed so up. So did I, Tim. I messed up. Is, I brought in uh, Petrarca. I shouldn't have brought in same. Petrarca. Yeah. You're not, so, thinking, you're not so thinking about trading him out straight away, surely. Uh, well, maybe. Um, and look, there might – well, anyway, I, let, let's just hold fire, right? So, um, <laughs> so very excited, obviously, with the news of uh, Oliver being out for, you know, however many more weeks he's going to be out for. You know, obviously, Petrarca's been getting a bit more midfield time. He's been scoring really well of late. Thought, great. Petrarca, lowly owned. This is the week to bring him in. Um, and then, of course, you know, he's playing forward. And the thing that I just didn't take into consideration, and I, I certainly didn't hear anyone mention it either, but um, Bailey Fritch being out meant he was going to play more forward. And then, of course, the coach confirmed it after the game as well um, by saying that we can expect to see him playing more forward. So now I've brought in a 900, you know, mid $900,000 player who's uh, going to be spending more time forward. I did the yeah. same thing, and I honestly didn't pick up on any of that movement with him. Like yeah. I just thought it was the yeah golden ticket, and I've yeah. it. And I was crying <laughs> about him. I was crying about him on Friday. I, I don't know if there was any coaches out there that brought him in because you know of what I said. So uh, I hope not. But um, but yeah, yeah. We'll see how that so- plays out. But yeah, it's definitely mistake something. I've made. Yeah, definitely something to watch in the next couple of weeks. But Angus Brayshaw is one that coaches can keep an eye on. Look, we're not going to probably go in depth with him because he's been so poor. But 105, just someone to put as a bit of a watch for maybe next week and see how he goes. He did get that midfield role, especially if Petrarca's playing forward. Brad Crouch, 96 again. Another one sort of sort of to watch. If Jack Steele's back to, to form, can can Crouch and Steele both go one ten? Yeah, I think they so can. But another, yeah. Well, I, I think they know. can, but um... I don't know. I think Holmesy would be singing a different tune right now um, because he he went through the pain of having Crouchy when you know Jack Steele was kind of getting more of that role and playing better, and he wasn't scoring very well. So I think that's another player we need to be worried about. Yeah, yeah I think it's a red flag. Yeah, it's yeah red flag, and I think we can hold him the fact that he's got these easy matchups, but definitely something to to look at moving forward. Uh, and then Winhager as well. We mentioned him before with a 74, which was good um, for you, Tim. And, yeah, so we'll move on to the solid. other sideline. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, what were you going to say? Yeah, just solid. But, uh, but yeah, like we, we also noticed he was playing down back a lot as well. Very odd. Don't know what mm. was going on there. But. Yeah. All right, next game. Port Adelaide defeated Gold Coast by 33 points at Adelaide Oval. So um, Trent McKenzie did his ankle and was replaced by Quinn Narkel at quarter time. Uh, and then Ben King was also replaced in the third quarter by Jai Farah. But um, there isn't any update about the injury. So I don't know whether Ben King was injured or what happened there. So uh, keep an eye out for, those, for that. Yeah. Um, well, this one I'll pretty much just run straight to because there's not really too much more to discuss with this. But Noah Anderson, 104. Two came back. 
he still put up a good score. I don't see him being a top eight mid, but uh, if owners have got him, they'd be happy enough at the 100. Rosie, 103, uh, was very good. That's now eight tons in a row for him, which has been fantastic. Uh, Rory Atkins, 103, uh, would have been good if he did that when we uh, all had him, but uh, nonetheless, a good score for him. Toot Miller, 97, played a bit more forward, something to just keep an eye on uh, moving forward, but probably not a guy you'd be looking at targeting just yet. And then Zach Butters uh, got an 86 as well, and I believe he probably copped attention in the first half, but... Uh, but yeah, so uh, Tim, I think uh, for time we'll move on to the uh, Sunday games. Yeah, I mean, obviously, probably took just a little bit early for us to jump on, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I can but, only uh, assume Bales, you're moving on because that was Power's 13th straight uh, win as a um, pro supporter. Uh, no comment. No comment on that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Well, before we get into the Sunday games, you probably know it by now. If there's a player you want discussed or if there's a question you want answered, tweet it below the spaces or comment on YouTube and we'll go through them uh, before we finish. Make sure we talk about all the players and make sure you guys get your questions answered. So Geelong defeated North by 62 points at GHMBA Stadium. Uh, just to mention that Tui there became the game's record holder for an Irishman. So congratulations to him. But there was also a late change. Wardlaw was managed and replaced in the side by Charlie Lazar. Uh, and then Griffin Logue did his knee in the first quarter and was replaced by uh, Jack Siebel, who uh, was an out for some, well, he was an out for your partner, uh, Ring and Mike. Uh, isn't that right, Cara? Yeah, I have to keep putting the mic on mute because you might hear him sobbing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then another thing to note is uh, Joyce Simkin was concussed in this game as well. Yeah, well, I actually missed the fact that Wardlaw was out because I was too busy worrying about uh, Volkanovski getting the job done in the USC. So good That's on right. him for getting that done, uh, which was great. But uh, Mitch Duncan, um, DC, which uh, he's been referred to you boys on Hatchat as uh, Ditch Munkin a fair bit, but he's been quietly good the last few weeks. Uh, with those games at GMHBA, any interest or the fact that, that the injury history there, you're not going near him? It's in our hatchet policies that at all opportunities I have to talk down Ditch Munkin. So, no, I would not be recommending him. Yeah, well, I, I would agree. I don't think he's. Can you imagine the shade you'd get if you did bring him in and you were part of that podcast? Yeah, well, if I brought him in then and he got injured, then Nathan would never let me forget that. So, I'm not really <laughs> sure I want to put myself through that. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I think it's way too risky at this point. Um, for LDU that I knew that uh, you did own early in the year, DC, uh, is, is cheap. Any interest of going back on that train? Yeah, there is some interest. Um, I, I think looked way, way better this week. I, I'm still of the mind that the LDU we saw in the first couple of rounds of the year is the real LDU because that's what we saw for a lot of the second half of last year as well. I, I just think his body hasn't quite been right this year and – I think if he gets fully fit and gets a good run in it for the rest of the year, I think he can probably match it with some of the, the top mids. Um, but there's a few pretty big ifs there. The thing that's making me look at him, though, is their next three games. So I can't remember which order it is, but they've got uh, uh, Hawthorne, St Kilda and West Coast for the next three, which is as good as any run in the comp. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I've been looking at him as well as a cheap um, option if I uh, want to jump off like a Darcy Cameron or something. Yeah, so Hawthorne next week, then it's St Kilda, West Coast. But then after that, it's still Melbourne, Essen and Richmond, Gold Coast. So it's still yeah. pretty nice for the rest of the year. So definitely uh, someone to have a look at. Uh, Tom Stewart, Tim, we were uh, sort of watching that a little bit in the background today. 
still, he was what he was on his sort of mid sixties at three quarter time, and just still he just finds a way, doesn't he, to get his to get his scores. We just, yeah, we figured he was going to jump junk up at the end of that game, and he did. Yep, uh, Cherry Tim. Uh, yeah, one ten. Oh, look, I think there's there's going to be. I'm not interested. I'm not not even considering it. But I think there will be interest in the community for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe more next year. But I guess if you're struggling for cash, you don't have the cash to get up to an English or something. You've still got maybe someone that's not quite doing it. Could be some look at. But I think him and Jack Bowes are the two that I, we on the chat spaces in the. Middle of the week, uh, we spoke about some uh, few players for next year, and yeah, Bose and Cherry are definitely two that coach could have. But Bose got a one hundred and one; uh, he's going to be very cheap as well. Um, Jack Zebel was a late in, got a seventy nine. Uh, so if anyone still has him in their side, uh, you sort of would have been happy. At least he played uh, for you, but I think a lot of coaches would have jumped off him anyway. Uh, Cooper Harvey got a sixty three on debut. Good to see him kick his first goal as well. Um, Harry Sheasel, Car, only got a fifty two. Um, there, uh, I think got a bit of attention from the Tom Atkins at times throughout the game. Is is, is that just a, if coaches jumped on are you, jumping straight back off, or would you still hold the faith with him? Oh, I still remember talking to Tim on Friday night about him when I told him I went keys over Shees, and you were hot on Sheezel, and mm-hmm. I'm really glad he was a potato. Um, I'd be devastated if I jumped on that, and I'd be really, you know that. You'd be that self-talk that you've just brought a rookie back in, like, what a fucking idiot. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't know what to do if you had him. Uh, especially with Zebel. Uh, it's like Zebel came in and next minute he was put in the forward line. Like, it was just Shizer. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a uh, unfortunate uh, uh, that he put up that uh, score. I know that I think DT Lemon and uh, Minimuck both jumped on him, which was yeah, there was a lot I, of coaches I loved, that brought him yeah, in. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of coach. I, I like the especially with well. that news about Zebel out as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was dirty because I binned him last week. So yeah, after last week, I thought I'd done the wrongy, and then he's just put up a rookie score, which is devastating. Yeah, and then Mullen was the other one there. Got a 47, which was, I'm just glad that he played after jumping on him as a red dot last week, which I didn't like doing, but at least he played and put up a little bit uh, and he'll make a little bit of cash, which is nice. So, uh, Tim, unfortunately, we have to move to my... Uh, sure. The Crows. Talk about Cooper Harvey, just just mindful uh, of Cooper Harvey will probably have one of the lowest break-evens in the game. So, yeah, just, he'll probably come in with DPP. He might come in as one of the, those rookie downgrades for people. Yep. Yeah, great. But yeah, unfortunately, yeah. we have to move on to the next game. My yeah, it wasn't fun to watch, was it? Essendon no. defeated Adelaide by 18 points at Marble. Um, uh, Jordan Ridley did his knee, although looked really bad and then didn't look so bad, but then still went off uh, and was replaced by Dylan Shield. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about Zach Merritt. I don't have him. Uh, I don't like watching I do. Him. 150. Uh, played brilliantly. <laughs> Got no yeah. attention You're beauty. whatsoever. Yep, yeah, well, uh, we're moving on from him because I don't have him. So, uh, and uh, we know that for a fact that if I don't have these players that go 150, we're not going to talk about him. So, uh, but then, nah, just joking. But yeah, Merritt 150 for all those coaches out there, they'd be very, very happy with him. He's been a very good pick, and it's a shame I don't have him. Um, and he's a, definitely an option for coaches to still consider at a, uh, an expensive price. Uh, John Dawson, one of my boys, uh, as a captain coming through strong uh, for me and Tim. It uh, was very nice uh, to have a good score put up there. Went into defence when the Crows were struggling. But, uh, yeah, just uh, – I think I had put up a stat on Twitter before. His last three games, he's had at least eight marks and eight tackles. So, he just uh, – just an absolute fantasy beast. Uh, Darcy Parrish, 126. Uh, could be a bit of a pod, uh, Tim, for coaches to maybe look at mm. jumping on. What do you thought from him? Has got a ceiling too. 
Yeah, so, so you, I'm not sure if um, I saw Fleabag as has him, and I'm not sure if that was his play this week. But if it was, like, kudos to him. What a great move! Yeah, is Kara is he one that you're looking at at all? Oh bloody hell! I wish. Um, I think I already know what I'm doing next week, but yeah, I like it for the pod. But let's be yeah. honest, I'm a Zara owner, so I'm pretty happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, definitely one that coach will look at, Darcy Parish. Uh, my boy, Lady, um, Tim, I was telling you today, I was a bit concerned with his one. Oh, we were. Uh, with time. his game, I was thinking, damn it. I think Dawson you were concerned. Really has... Bloody Mitch was concerned from Ball Boys. He, uh, you know, he being ranked so highly, his kind of uh, point of difference this week was, was putting the C on uh, Lady. So he was very, very worried for a lot of that game. Yeah, mate, I'm, I was worried being the, the lead ambassador of uh, the community. But uh, it was good to see him junk up late and uh, get a lot of those plus sixes, which was nice. So um, he'll be fine. Uh, 116 uh, was good enough there. Ben Keyes had a really good second half. I think he had a – just trying to work it out here. He had a 65-point uh, uh, second half, which was fantastic. I know, uh, Tim, you weren't too happy with that, but uh, I was very happy. So, uh, yeah, uh, Ben Hobbs as well got a 70. So if Coach still got him, uh, he is fine to move off of as well. So, Tim, we'll move to the final game uh, of the round. I will uh, just read this with a smile on my face. Frio defeated by Carlton by 44 <laughs> points at Optus Stadium. Uh, that's about all I've got to mention about the game, actually. I don't, I don't think there was any injuries or anything along those lines or I haven't seen anything. Um, there was a, there was actually. So I'll just uh, quickly I'll, uh, say with the injuries and stuff. So Matt Kenny went off with... Uh, Oh yeah, injury. so he yeah, got yeah. he got he got subbed out. Um, didn't look too good there. Um, uh, Mitch McGovern got a big corky there as well, and then Johnson was just subbed tactically uh, there as well. So Matt Johnson only got forty one there. So any coaches uh, that did jump off of him, it sort of just shows that rookies, even though they've got a twenty break even, you can jump off of them because they can put up uh, bad scores, but. Um, if Coach still got him, uh, he's a good downgrade. Uh, you can de- sort of downgrade him to a rookie and get some cash. But uh, to the other players this game, Luke Ryan, DC, 142. Just He continues to put up monster scores and really doesn't have that, that really bad flaw that we've seen in, in past years. Uh, is he a guy that you're looking at on the run home as that defender pod that can go huge? Yeah, I, I think he's a nice move. That game really suited them because... They were awful, Frio. That, that looked like it could have been a, a 70, 80-point loss at one point at home against Carlton, who aren't exactly flying. Um, but the ball was down there a lot, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. And he's obviously one of their, their go-to distributors. It's a little bit bittersweet for me because the the week I brought in Wanganee Millera, he was also in that price bracket that I could have grabbed. And I actually think he's even been even better since uh, I did that move. So... Yeah, definitely one that coaches should look at because he's shown this year he is a top six defender. And we'll talk about your captain next, Sean Darcy, 124. So, uh, yeah, just good uh, choice with the captain on the 124. There would no current uh, rucks there, but is, is he an option for coaches to look at as a bit of a differential if they're looking to go a different path from Marshall English, or do you still think they're the two that you'd be, you'd be trying to get? Oh, I mean, obviously on everything we've seen this year, they're the two you want, but... As I kind of insinuated earlier, like uh, there's not much point in me matching everyone else at this point. So I thought maybe going with Darcy and taking on English. It's worked out pretty well this week. It's got me an extra 30 or so points, but I'm sure it'll be flipped at some point for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, I think he, he's got a decent run of matchups coming up, which was my thinking. We've we've seen that he probably dominates some of the undersized rucks almost more than anyone else in the game. So. 
funnily enough, I'm actually kind of a little bit disappointed. I was really thinking with no cart and ruck that he could have gone 130-140, but he um, sort of got hands to a lot of marks and, and dropped a lot of marks and stuff like that. So it, uh, it was a nearly game for him. Yeah. Yeah. As um, a um, – because you own Sean Darcy and I've got Darcy Cameron and obviously they're up against each other, I think, next week. What's your take on that? Is that even more of a reason to jump off Darcy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mentioned that on our pod this week as well. I think that that matchup really worries me because I don't, I don't think he's going to get many hit-outs at all out of Sean Darcy. He's just so big yeah. and, and Cameron's yep. not the strongest hit-out ruck, so I, I would expect he'll probably yep. do similar to what he did to English last week. Yep, cheers. Decision made. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, so we've got a few other players that score really well. So Sam Doherty, who I was very happy with, uh, and anyone that jumped on him either this week or last week, uh, back-to-back sort of 110 scores. Port Adelaide this week's a bit tough, but he's got the Eagles after that. So uh, could – and I think he's matchup proof anyway. I think he's still put up a good score this so week anyway. Just be careful. I – oh, man, I want to be careful here. So just check the DFS Australia website because I remember looking at Doherty last week and his – I think that wing – role that he's playing, Port Adelaide are actually a really good matchup for that role. So okay. now don't don't take my word for it. Hang on, I've got the DFS open right now. Let me have a quick look. DFS, hang on, Port Adelaide. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Hang on. Yeah, maybe I'm full of shit. <laughs> oh, oh, man, mate. there was something else. Maybe it's not the – maybe it's his matchup after that. No, hang yeah, on, mate. Port Adelaide, wing defenders over the last 10 rounds, they're a plus 10-point average. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's not as um, over the last sorry five rounds. So they're yeah. So they're actually a really good matchup. So yeah, just look into that. Consider it. Yeah. Before you make any decisions, I think he'll still be an option for for coaches to look at anyway, regardless of of matchups, just because of that. But uh, Tim, you would you be going Sicily over him if you had the choice? Well, you've got the choice this week, actually. Uh, I do have the choice. Uh, I tend to think I will be going sick dog just because of the break even. Um, I've got to look at the. Run, but I think Hawthorne's run in particular for defenders is pretty good at the moment. Very, so, very good. Yeah, yeah. So I think it'll be sick dog over Doc. Just also um, might give me a little bit of point of difference as well against coaches as well. Yeah, DC uh, Sicily over Doc for you as well. Sorry, guys, just trying to find the unmute button. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I, I think Sicily's form prior to his suspension was probably almost the best of any of the defenders outside of Dawson. So probably just, but Doc's still a, a, a top six defender, as we know. Cara, which one are you out of the two there? I own Doherty already, but I can see that you'd go sick dog for the matchup in the next few weeks. I just feel like with Doc, you can trust that he'll sit there till the end of the year, whereas sick dog, as you know, he can definitely be a, definitely sick. And if you have to trade him, you'll be so dirty at the end of this year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got Doc as well, and I'd be going Sicily over Doherty. Just, I think he'll have a point to prove. I think two suspensions in the space of uh, only a few weeks, he'll, he'll want to come back, and, and I would imagine he'll probably want to try and stay clean and not have to uh, get suspended. But, hey, the sick dog, uh, anything can happen. But uh, I think he's a great take. We had a good run of matchups coming. Uh, Hayden Young, so a lot of angry uh, non-owners oh, out yeah. there that traded him out uh, this week. Uh, so he put a 108 on their heads, uh, and that's probably what they wanted at the start of the year. So, uh, yeah, uh, if anyone's still got Young, though, uh, either a good send-off if you trade him or good that he put a good score up. So uh, Sarong only got a, uh, the 100 down, Brayshaw 97. We know that Carlton are a little bit more restrictive for inside mid. So uh, 
the fact they still got essentially their hundreds is still fine. Uh, Sam Walsh, disappointing that, again, I don't know if he's going to get his forward status because I think he played a lot in the midfield confirmed today. confirmed that he hasn't. So that, that he hasn't. Board, the DPP has been released. The only one that's really relevant is Jaden Short getting defender status, but he's obviously injured. So, yeah, Sam yeah. Walsh has missed out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate if uh, anyone was hoping he's going to be getting DPP. But, again, only a 90. Um, we, we just need to see something before jumping on him. Liam Henry got a 77. Um, DC, did uh, Jake jump on him this week? Uh, yeah, I think he, he started like a house on fire as well. He had a couple of plus sixes in the first minute um, and then slowed pretty badly in the second half. For those coaches that jumped on him, would it be just a, a trade-out after just a one-week play because he's got the toughest matchup for wingers in Collingwood this week? Or would you still be, if you've got maybe a, a rookie or another issue, you'd, you'd be happy to hold him? Yeah, as many Monk likes to say, it's pretty team-dependent, I would say. But if, if he's your worst player, you'd maybe think about taking that cash and running with it. Uh, or if you can loop, maybe if you can loop through him and say someone like Sheldrick, then that might be a decent option. Yeah. Beautiful. And we've mentioned Johns before with the 41 and got subbed out. So you can trade him down uh, and get some cash there. So, uh, Tim, they're the games. Did we talk Liam Henry? Just He got a 77, but yeah. just mindful to get off him. Yeah, we were literally just talking about him. For oh, five, five, seven, sorry. Three. I was looking through the <laughs> Mate, questions. get on it. I know. I was looking through the questions. I wasn't paying attention. You're like bloody Nathan, Tim. Just stop oh. off doing other shit. Mate, I can, only <laughs> do, I can only do one thing at a time. So <laughs> that's what was happening. So on that, we're going to turn our attention to some questions before we, uh, you know, have a look at maybe what potential trades you guys might be making, even though it is so early in the week. But, uh, uh, Bales, if you have a look at YouTube, I'll run through Twitter. Yeah. Um, so, so a question... Yeah, oh, you got something, have you, mate? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, that I'll just go this one from Connor here. So he said, uh, so DC, I'll go this one to you. So he said he wants to go English to Cherry, which allows him to go Chester to Sicily, um, or would you be going Johnson and Sheldrick to Sicily um, and a rookie? I'm assuming it's it's pretty simple. You'd be going the second one? Uh, yeah, probably. Unless you think for some reason English is going to fall off the cliff for the rest of the year, but can't really see that happening. So yeah, what, what do you move. What are your thoughts of Cherry as like an option for coaches to um, have a look at? Do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, why not? If you if you don't have one of English and Marshall, uh, maybe if you're still rolling with Briggs, I think you can make a pretty nice nice cash grab by doing that. Um, it was someone I looked at this week as well instead of Darcy. Probably should have done that. Might have been a better points per dollar play, but um, I don't I don't think he's going to be close to the top guys for the rest of the year. But he'll make you some nice cash, and it allows you to. Do, Something else pretty tasty with your other move. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so just I've got a note here also from Corey Blackledge who uh, let us know that Green got tagged by Connor Nash as well. So that's probably uh, contributed that to why he did idea. so poorly. Uh, but then Thanks, Corey, Corey also asks uh, who should he trade, Hobbs or Darcy Cameron? Uh, I'll ask Kara. I, oh, geez, it's tough. I'd been to Hobbs a while ago. Um, and I, or oh, Jeebus, I don't know. I don't know if it would be Hobbs. I'd probably go Hobbs. Yeah. yeah it depends how long you're going to hold either of the other ones for. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, the Bombers have got Geelong at, yeah. uh, at home next week. So it's a tough matchup. Look, and I think yeah, also. Darcy Cameron, I mean, impacted by a knock this week. Um, you know, it wasn't a really good rap matchup for him last week. Um, you know, I still think he's got the potential of scoring a hundred. Um, but well, if he can, if he can run, 
if he can run Darcy, uh, sorry, not Darcy, if he can run Sean Darcy around the ground, he might be able to get the like his disposals and that to get a solid score this week. So that's probably yeah. the hope. So I'd be going Hobbs out yeah. as well. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. I'll go this one from Mike Purdy. So uh, he said, "Is Green a must go?" Kara, uh, is is a guy you're looking at trading? Well, cheers to old mate's hot tip that he got tagged by Nash. I think knowing that, I have a bit more confidence running with him next week. Although they're up against, I think uh, Adelaide. Um, I I have I'm going to get rid of Darcy Cameron over um, Green and Day's another one I got that I'm going to hold. Yeah. And DC, I'll go this one for you. So John's asked this one here. So this is actually a good question that a lot of coaches should be looking at. So John says, uh, does he go steel or mills? You saving the cash for mills or going steel? Uh, what's the price difference? I haven't actually looked at the, the prices yet. So mills will be priced around about that sort of six, just under 650. And Jack Steele will be probably edging that sort of near 800, maybe a little bit less. Yeah, he's eight oh two, and Mills is six four six. Oh, that's hard. Um, I think I'd probably still go Mills. That's a lot of cash. If it allows you to do something else with your other move that you want to do, then I'd do that. If you're just taking, say, two rookies up to one of them, and, and you can get up to steel, then I'd probably get up to steel. Yep. Tim, you got any uh, question there, mate? Yeah, I just I I've got some kind of different thoughts on that one though. So. Uh, and not saying I'm right. I mean, you know, I'm sure DC kind of agrees. You know, a lot of these things we don't know, right? We just give our best advice. But, um, like, I'm still concerned with Mills. I mean, we saw him at the end, towards the end of that game, go back, which is what he was doing earlier on in the year. So I just, I'm just not sure that we've seen anything from Mills that tells us he can go 120 plus. And I know there, there's that cash difference. And of course, if that's where you can get to, that's what, and it's going to get your rookie off field, then that's what you can get to. But if you've got a choice between Jack Steele and Callum Mills, I'd just be really mindful of giving those spots away to players that might not score 100 plus. Um, you know, because that could make a really big difference. And I think, you know, I mean, Jack still scored a 150 this week, right? Whereas Callum Mills, we haven't seen him, you know, go over 100 for a while. Yep, yeah, yep. That's definitely something to look at. Uh, and Tim, I've got one more for you, question here for you. So Jack uh, asks, uh, a day to Sicily if it means holding Darcy Cameron? Um, yeah, oh. I like Dave's run-up against North Melbourne. Is it North Melbourne this week? Yeah, yeah. Surely yeah. he has to get a bit of that. Yeah, so that's what I'm not thinking about is the matchup. I mean, I, I'd like the idea of holding Darcy, just Cameron, just because of his role. But with those matchups against Darcy versus Darcy this week and then Hawthorne versus North Melbourne, mm. I actually think you might want to do the opposite. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe take a haircut on the rookie or maybe get rid of a rookie that's maybe a little bit more expensive and, and try and get... Darcy Cameron up to Sicily, if you can make that work with DPP, maybe. Going back on that Callum Mills uh, talk, my only other issue is what's Lloyd's injury? Because it was when Lloyd went down that he went back. So Good point. how long is Lloyd going to be out for? I would go still for the points every day. I think it, I think it could be concussion. Um, yeah, it was a head book, I think. Yeah. It was. So he's going to be out, you'd think, next week. So I wouldn't go to Mills. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Tim, any other questions there, mate? No, mate. That's I think that's pretty much it. So why don't Sweet. we just turn to, you know, I mean, obviously it's early in the week, right? So we know you guys probably don't quite know. Cara, obviously, you're also pretty high up, so you might not want to give away too much. But um, 
why don't you just give us a bit of an idea, DC? We'll start with you. What you, you're looking at doing this week? Uh, does that mean I'm also not quite high up, Tim? <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jesus. Dagger through the heart. Down. That is, that yeah. is rough. I'm sure you can. You will uh, not be required put, next week. No. You, can, you can put your hat on after the podcast and feel better about it, mate. <laughs> I do that every week. Um, <laughs> I'm still I chasing. No <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. That as it, as in who I'm bringing in. I'll, I'll be trying to get Johnson off field. That's that'll be my main yeah. move. And then probably and then, Cameron's the other one that needs to go. And what's yeah? So you don't have any idea what sort of cash you'll have or what sort of players you'll be looking at or anything like that. No, not really. Um, nah. Mills will be an option. LDU will be an option. And then yeah. I might be able to get creative. I'll, I'll just have to have a look. Yeah, cool. Cool. Cara, what about you? So you said all you year, know I'm pre- what, you know what you're doing, right? Yeah. I'm pretty much someone that goes with my rage trade. So how I'm feeling at this time of the night is usually how I roll into the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, straight away, I'm Darcy Cameron to Cogs. Um, that's my move. Yeah. I'm dirty because I had 300K in my bank last week and spent up to get Petrarca, who's now going to be a fucking F1 by the looks of it. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I want Cogs. Yeah. A lot of people have him up the top and I'm missing out. Yeah, and he had a good week this week, obviously. So, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Bales, what about you, mate? Yeah, so again, similar. I think my trades are pretty much uh, locked in. It'll be a, a dev rob uh, if I can go down to a Banks or a Cooper Harvey. Uh, if I can, if I can't do it with dev rob, it'll be Winhager down, uh, and I'll be going Lockie Ash, which unfortunately hasn't quite been the pick that I was hoping for, and he'll be going to Sicily. So they're pretty much done. Sicily is coming in for me no matter what this week, uh, and yeah, so I'm sorted. Tim, what about you, mate? Any thoughts on yours? Yeah, mate. Um, well, Lockett has lifted while we've been doing this. So I've done a couple of little clicks here and there, and I can see that Sheldrick down at Cooper Harvey will give me exactly the money I need to do Marcus Windhager up to James Sicily, leaving me exactly $0 in the bank. So I'll take my last yeah, it. Take, yeah, take my last rookie off field. Wanganin Malera will come into the midfield, and Sick Dog will uh, go nicely into D3 there. So that'll be, I'm pretty sure, yeah, that should be much more movement from that this week i wouldn't think sweet awesome all right well guys thanks so much for joining us we'll start with you dc mate thanks a lot for being on obviously you guys do great work over there at hat chat so yeah make sure everyone goes and follows the podcast and also uh them on twitter at hat chat afl uh dc where can people find you mate no, thanks for having me on again boys good fun and uh and Cara as well nice to chat um yeah, thanks, yeah you, can find me, you can find me at dc catabellus yeah, wicked. And Kara, all the best in the uh, for the, the run for the rest of the year. I mean, sitting in eleventh, you got a great shot there at, uh, at possibly taking home a Hilux. Maybe that'll uh, that being in the garage will keep <laughs> Ranger Mike happy. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, that would be the dream. Yeah, but uh, a big a couple of shout outs for you. So, firstly, just for everyone that is in the Perth area, I highly recommend that you follow Kara, which is at AFL Fantasy Perth. Uh, like I said, she's kind of like the founder of the the uh, Varsity Nights and. Um, they're not awesome. necessarily there. Not yeah, they're awesome nights. I mean, not necessarily. You guys can't necessarily get there every Friday night, but um, but you're still down every few weeks and uh, joining the rest of us crew there. So um, thanks a lot for that, and everyone give us a give her a follow there. And uh, yeah, good luck for the rest of the year. Yeah, thank you. It's been good. The AFL Fantasy Perth came out last year when I just wanted to hang out with other like-minded losers that love fantasy, and. Um, 
I just thought it would be a cool thing to watch footy and have a beer. And um, it's really, this is the second year and it's really picked up. And it's just great to see often guys on their own rock up, not knowing anyone, but thanks to fantasy, you've got something in common straight away. And um, yeah, I think everyone fits in really well. So I hope to see you at the um, event this Friday night. I'll be there. So look out for me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for putting it together. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. And in particular, thanks to those who sent through questions. Make sure you can send through your questions to us throughout the week at Twitter and give us a follow at AFL Fantasy Fans. Don't forget to tune in each week, uh, not only after the final siren of the round for the live Twitter space, but also at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 4 p.m. Western Standard Time for our pre-lockout chat every Friday. And remember, you can listen to these spaces on AFL Fantasy Fanatics Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. We'd love it if you guys head across and just gave us a review. Uh, That would be much appreciated. And, of course, best of luck with your research and trades this week, and we'll catch you again the same time next week. Thanks a lot and bye for now. See ya. Cheers, guys. See ya.